0: This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us, not for the first time, is Saratoga County author and historian David Fisk to talk about Abner Doubleday. Good to talk with you, David.
1: Oh, hello, Bob.
0: You tell us that Abner Doubleday is remembered for the wrong reason. Can you explain that?
1: Sure. Well, he is uh, has been credited with having uh, invented or at least uh, adapted uh, the game of baseball. Um, And there's uh, many, many questions about that, and I'll explain how he got involved. But he actually, he was a West Point uh, graduate who was in the Army for a number of years before the Civil War and also during the Civil War, and was uh, uh, there at the very beginning at, at Fort Sumter and as a captain, and became a general by the the end of the war. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he wrote some books and so forth about his war experiences afterwards, and was involved in some other things, and including, uh, I should mention, uh, an organization called the Theosophical Society Mm -hmm. that was founded by a woman named uh, Madame Blavatsky. Uh, Now, the the two principals in that organization had... uh, traveled around the world, and then when they got to India, they never came back to the United States. Hmm. So they had made uh, Abner Doubleday, who was one of the very early members, the acting president of the organization. Hmm.
0: Now, wasn't it that their organization was kind of the first time, time—the one of the first times maybe, if not the first time, that the West started reaching out to the Eastern religious uh, traditions?
1: Uh, they were, they were, there was a lot of that kind of stuff. They basically were looking for things that would lead to the betterment of man. And there's very, uh, non-discriminatory and, uh, uh, and like organizations at that time, uh, when you first became a member, you had to report to New York city so that you could be shown the secret handshakes that ah. would identify to other members. Okay. Uh, but, uh, and I only mentioned the Theosophical Society because it, it, it kind of comes into play a little bit later. Okay. But let's get to uh, the baseball part. Now, Abner Doubleday uh, died in 1893. Mm-hmm. During the mid-19th century, there was kind of some casual discussions about how baseball had developed. And there was a game in England that children used to play called rounders and then in england of course they also had cricket and some people felt that that baseball was kind of an evolution of that and then other people thought that well they thought it kind of had developed separately from games in the united states that were known as for example town ball or a game called uh, one old cat and so forth mm-hmm. so uh The man involved in this whole thing is uh, Albert J. Spaulding. Uh, He is the man behind the company that makes the sports equipment, the Spaulding Company. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had been a baseball player, and of course he also had a company selling sports equipment. And in the 1880s, there was a group of people that went around the world to help promote baseball around the world and hopefully get it to catch on, and of course... I'm sure that uh, uh, Spalding uh, had no idea of this, but, of course, there would mean more sales of sports equipment if if more countries got involved in baseball.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So they went around with a bunch of baseball players, and they gave exhibitions, and they talked about baseball in in various cities around the world, and came back and had a big dinner to celebrate uh, the conclusion of their trip in 1888 in New York City. And during the dinner, the topic somehow came up about the, the beginnings of baseball, and people at the dinner started chanting, "No rounders, no rounders!" <laughs> really, because they wanted to uh, believe at least that it was a purely American game. Now, again, I'm sure the Spalding had no clue that if you could prove that America that uh, that uh, baseball was a purely American game, that it might. Improve his sales of his sports equipment. Yes, Uh, and also he also published the official baseball guide in those days. Uh, So then we uh, go ahead a little bit to 1903 when a man named Henry Chadwick, who was a uh, born in Britain uh, and used to write a lot about baseball, was very fascinated with baseball. But in 1903, he he published an article that's really came down and said that, well, obviously baseball is, is based on the British game of Rounders. Mm. Uh, and apparently Spalding took this as a challenge. So he started putting up the word that he was interested in researching the history of baseball. And there were items published in newspapers and also some quotes that were published in Spalding's uh, official b- baseball guide for 1905 where he said he asked anyone that had any proof, data, or information involving this issue, which he called the, the vexed question.
0: The what That's question? The words, I'm sorry. The, the what question?
1: Vexed, V-E-X, oh, vexing question. Okay. Uh, about the origins of baseball to contact a special commission that he had managed to get put together. Uh, and he said that hopefully if somebody came forward with information, they could settle this question for all time. Two of the members of the commission were former United States senators. And, uh, of course, anytime you're researching a historical question, you want to get some politicians involved. <laughs> but there were other people who were former players and so forth and, and league presidents and so forth. They were interested in this matter. And they started collecting some information. But uh, one of these notices appeared in a newspaper in Ohio and a man named Abner Graves, who actually, at the time, he he was really from New York State, but he was working in the mining industry in Colorado, but at that time was in Ohio on business. And he saw this notice, and he, instead of replying to the commission, he replied with a letter to the newspaper, uh, in which he said that baseball had been uh, invented by a man named Abner Doubleday, who he identified as the one who was the general in the in the Civil War, and that he and some other boys had been in a field in Cooperstown, New York, and Abner Doubleday was there, and he sketched out in the dirt the shape of a baseball diamond, and talked about some other rules that they should have and how they should play the game and so forth, uh, and that, that that was when baseball, uh, uh, you know, was invented. Mm-hmm. And he said he couldn't really remember exactly what year it was, uh, but it was around the time that uh, General William Henry Harrison was running for president. Hmm. So this information uh, came to Spaulding, who did follow up a little bit with, with Mr. Graves and said, you know, uh, your letter was very interesting and so forth, and I, I wonder if you could, is there any way you can pin down exactly what year it was that this happened? And Graves responded and said, well, I thought and I thought, but the best I can say is it was either 1839, 1840, or 1841. Mm. And Spalding's response was, oh, good, then it was 1839. (laughs) Now, this was great news for Spalding because, of course, Abner Doubleday, was known from the Civil War, so and now you have a great American game with an American military hero connected with mm-hmm. it. Uh, and uh, I'm sure he was overjoyed. So he uh, kind of put some pressure on the members of the commission to come up with a conclusion, and Abraham Mills was the, the head of the commission. Uh, he was kind of, he thought they didn't really have enough information. He wanted to continue doing research, but, but Spalding kind of had pressured him because Spalding was anxious to get this this matter settled. So uh, eventually Mills wrote a letter that said, based on the best evidence obtainable, that baseball was invented by Abner Doubleday in 1839 at Cooperstown. Mm. So, I mean, best evidence available doesn't really no. say that much. I mean, you might have almost no evidence.
0: Not to interrupt your sure. spiel because you're doing very well at this, uh, David, but was at the time they're having these discussions, was Doubleday still alive? Could they ask him?
1: No, he he died in 1893. Okay. So this, he was, he, was, he was, had passed away, unfortunately. Someone that, that published some uh, of Doubleday's memoirs from his days in the Army before the Civil War— uh, has noted that uh, the memoirs began with chapter two, and chapter one was missing. And he says maybe maybe Doubleday might have mentioned something, but that in chapter one, which presumably would have handled his boyhood, uh, but uh, unfortunately that chapter was 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 missing for some reason. Hmm. So we don't have anything directly from Doubleday. Uh, so anyway, this was this was great news. And uh, just to add to the uh, – for the conspiracy theorists out there, uh, Spaulding uh, was involved with the Theosophical Society. They had a, like a colony out in uh, California.
0: Oh, so Spaulding was involved in it too?
1: Yeah. yeah okay. uh, not at the same time as, uh, Doubleday. as Doubleday, but they would have known, uh, I'm pretty sure, mutual people from, from that. So this was good, too, because it was an organization he was involved in. Uh, Abraham Mills, the head of the Special Commission, had known Doubleday from the war and had actually been a member of the Honor Guard at Doubleday's funeral in 1893. So there were, there were connections here that made this a, a great solution to this problem as far as the origins of baseball. Uh, as far as people were concerned, in the United States at least, this this really clinched it, and they were all set. And uh, of course, the baseball museum ended up in Cooperstown for, mm-hmm. because of this story. Uh, in 1839, there was a big celebration uh, for the 100th anniversary. Oh, you mean in
0: 1939?
1: Oh, sorry, 18, 1939. Uh, the 100th anniversary of the invention of baseball was celebrated, and they had a, a game in Cooperstown between uh, players from the Manlius School and the Albany Academy. Mm. Uh, and, and I'm sorry to tell people in the Capital District that Manly is one. Nine, <laughs> I see, well. uh, but part of the festivities involved a speaker by the name mm-hmm. of John Boyd Thatcher III, mm-hmm. who was mayor of Albany. Yeah. And he uh, went a little bit beyond what uh, what Graves had, had mentioned. And in his speech, it was reported in the news- newspaper at the time, he said that uh, after having invented the game, that uh, Doubleday became a crusader fort organizing teams explaining the rules playing many games himself in this community and along the lake and he says that uh, then when he went to West Point uh, he continued to play whenever opportunity offered and by 1842 the game had reached New York City hmm. so he kind of uh, exaggerated Indulged. what yes. what grace had said
0: now is there any evidence I mean real evidence that uh, Doubleday was in Cooperstown? Did he li- go there to live?
1: Or? Uh, there's nothing that's, that, that's significant. His, now, one of the reasons I was interested in this, Doubleday was born in Boston Spa here, uh, but he only lived here for the first five or six months of his life. His father was a newspaper publisher and then moved to, to Auburn from here. There were some people that kind of were questions about, there was an article in, and by the way, the they put up a big portrait of uh, Abner Doubleday in the railroad station in Cooperstown, and his his uh, portrait was on the cover of Newsweek magazine as the inventor of baseball and so forth. So kind of a big deal about it. But also that summer, there was an article in the New York Times where they related a lot of anecdotes that some form of baseball had been played in England or some early form of it had been played in England. So there was... Even back then, there was some skepticism about this. Now, I guess to kind of uh, sum up, uh, let's look at the uh, things against Doubleday having invented baseball. Okay. Uh, During the years that uh, Graves mentioned uh, that he was at Cooperstown showing the boys how to play baseball, uh, Doubleday was actually a student at West Point. So... Hmm. Why would he really be in in Cooperstown? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that Graves confused someone else named Abner Doubleday with our Abner Doubleday because there were the name Abner was was used quite a bit. And actually, in the list of students uh, from this military school in Cooperstown that Graves mentioned was were there was a John Doubleday. So he could have you know gotten the Got the wrong Doubleday. Right. Graves' claims were never really investigated that thoroughly. You know, uh, there was kind of this exchange through, through uh, a couple of letters, but nobody really went to interview him or, or get any state, official statements just based on these letters that he wrote. Uh, and as a, uh, as you just alluded to, there's not any firm evidence that, that Doubleday had been in Cooperstown or that he had attended this military school that that Graves had mentioned. So uh, those are kind of uh, con. But on the pro side, if Graves was going to make up a story about the development of baseball, why say that it was Doubleday? Why not just make it up and say that you invented baseball? Because (laughs) uh, the the other, uh, I think all the boys he mentioned that were there at the time uh, were deceased by then, I, I believe, so there was like nobody really questioned it. And it's possible, it's conceivable that Doubleday took some time off uh, during this time period from West Point and was in Cooperstown and had showed the boys how they played baseball at West Point, because uh, they have been playing baseball at West Point for quite a while, uh, which means the game had been existed, but there was somebody uh, who attended West Point in 1819 who wrote a book, and he mentioned that that summer he was involved playing baseball, and he got called away uh, to do some other task as as a cadet. So they've been playing baseball at at West Point for a while, or at least some form of it. Now, maybe they didn't have all the rules and Mm diamond-shaped field that that, that Doubleday may have come up with. Uh, but it's conceivable that they've been playing it for a while, and Double Day, for whatever reason, happened to be in Cooperstown and saw some boys playing, and said, "Well, let me show you the way we do, we do it at West Point."
0: Well, David, we're um, almost at the two-thirds point of the uh, of the podcast. We'll be back with David Fisk in just a moment. Historian and a retired state librarian, he lives in Boston Spa. You're listening to the Historians Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. I just want to uh, mention to you that we depend on your donations to keep the podcast going on the Internet. We have a GoFundMe page, GoFundMe.com forward slash 2019-the-historians. You can donate online or you can make out a check to me, Bob Cudmore, and send to me at uh, 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. David Fisk is uh, kind of fact-checking, as we say today, the story that was very current in the early and middle 20th century that Abner Doubleday, native of Ballston Spa, Civil War uh, general, that Abner Doubleday invented baseball, uh, and this kind of all goes back to a man named Graves who proposed this idea. and And tell me again, who was who was Graves?
1: Well, he was, in, he was working in the mining industry uh, in the 19th century. He, he, was, I, he was originally from Cooperstown, lived to be a uh, fairly old man. When he died, they found an old beat-up uh, leather-covered ball among his possessions, wow. which they decided must have been the original baseball that Abner Doubleday played with and was actually in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame for a while as an exhibit
0: now uh, now in, in cooperstown now the, they the hall of fame or i don't know if it's they that have it but there's a double day field right
1: right yeah well that that at the time they they thought was the field where uh the graves had mentioned where double day had shown them the the baseball diamond and outlined the baseball diamond and so forth but yeah uh, but that's uh but uh, one historian that looked into this had kind of a pithy quote that said that uh, um, Albert Doubleday was as removed from the game as, the, as a Tibetan Lama, <laughs> and that he didn't know a, a kumquat, uh, baseball from a cumquat. <laughs> and that's not really true because after the Civil War, uh, Doubleday was had different assignments, but one of them was in Texas. Uh, and he was in charge of a regiment of black soldiers there. And one of the things he requested to make life more bearable for the black soldiers was, uh, what he called baseball implements that he requested Mm -hmm. from the the war department. Uh, so he was aware that baseball existed at least. Uh, and he actually saw it as a a force for good because he thought it was going to improve the lives of these, Mm -hmm. of these Mm -hmm. soldiers there. Um,
0: but if I were to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame today, w- would would they give credence to this story, or would they admit, no, this is, we don't think that's true?
1: Uh, well, i i don't think I don't think they. I mean, I think it's obviously true that that uh, Day did not invent the game; he had kind of evolved from other things. The question is, did he was he the one that came out with the baseball diamond? Because apparently, the game rounders they're basis they would set it would be more in a circle instead of a diamond so it's possible that Double Doubleday had some kind of role in maybe formalizing the rules a little bit or, or making it more like the game that we play now uh and uh we had a, a 200th birthday party for Admiral Doubleday here in Boston Spa back in June and had a big cake and everything and went down to visit the uh, the house where he lived for a while when he was just a baby in Boston Spa it still stands, and we walked down and looked at that and took a uh, took a look inside. The uh, man named John Cromie owns it, who recently became the uh, uh, village historian for the village of Boston Spa. Huh. And uh, there are two plaques in Boston Spa commemorating Double Day. One is at the house which actually has some misinformation on it. It says he was born in that house, which it turns out was not the case. And it also mentions that he was the founder of baseball. And then the other plaque talks more is over on Front Street by the what they call the Old Iron Spring. And that mentions more about Doubleday's military career. And uh, it does mention there that it makes mention of the belief that he had, quote, devised baseball. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means, uh, and then we have uh, we have the Doubleday Day Avenue Route Fifty that goes through uh, north of Boston Spa. It's called Doubleday Day Avenue. Uh, we have a senior housing facility here called Doubleday Day mm-hmm. Woods, and so forth. So, yep. his, even though he left here when he was probably six months old, mm-hmm. he made a lasting <clears throat> impression on us. So.
0: Now, um, let me see how this will play as a question. Now, when when he was first pointed out as the inventor of baseball um, um, by Mr. Graves, uh, Albert Spaulding, the sports dealer, or the sports equipment dealer, you know, there whatever, they said the best available evidence is what Graves is saying. What is, you know, if you look at a history book of baseball, what is the best available uh, ev- uh, this story about the origin of the game?
1: Well, it's, it's one of these things that, first of all, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that baseball evolved from other games uh, and people have even found references to uh, pre-revolutionary war times mentioning uh, uh, baseball being played. In those days, sometimes it was spelled the base part was spelled B-A-S-S uh, in the old spelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've, I'm sure it evolved from other things the way most things happen, but... Uh, it's, there was a story that H.L. Uh, Mencken wrote one time about the history of the bathtub uh, <laughs> and uh, about how people were opposed to it in the beginning, but then the President Millard Fillmore had one installed in the White House, and that kind of led to more acceptance of the bathtub. And then years later, he realized that this story that he had made up completely to be amusing was that had been taken seriously by people was showing up in reference books. As the actual origin right. of, of the bathtub, and uh, he said the real story of the bathtub, I'm sure is as boring as heck, and you know nobody would even want to hear it. But if you come up with with uh, a story with all these uh, intrigue and everything in it, uh, people clutch on that. And I think that's the same thing with baseball. He was a guy that you know he was uh, something of a hero in the Civil War, just fitting with with this. Feeling of nationalism that there was at the time, mm-hmm. but you don't believe it now. Well, I, I don't believe it. I, I mean, it's clear that he didn't invent baseball, but right. he may have. He may have kind of influenced it. But even in the information the commission, the special commission had collected, uh, there were some men who were called in the mid eight, early eighteen forties in New York City. They wanted to get some exercise, so they would get together and play this game of baseball that they had remembered from their childhoods. So if they were playing it in 1840 and played it in their childhoods, obviously it had been around uh, you know, sometime before 1839 mm-hmm. uh, when the, the Doubleday story it says he, he came up with it. The most I can say really is that it's clear that the Doubleday, he was aware of baseball because he wanted to get baseball implements, as he called them, for the black soldiers in Texas. Um, but w- whether he had any big interest in it himself or not, uh, no records that people found from West Point mentioned that as a student there, the authorities did not feel he was a particularly, particularly interested in, in athletics mm-hmm. and so forth.
0: Now, one story you know, has nothing to do with baseball about Abner Doubleday that I recall from scanning Wikipedia or something to get ready to talk to you. I mean, he was the first... What, was he the first Union soldier to fire on the Confederacy? He was at Fort Sumter in Charleston, South Carolina when the uh, Confederates started shelling the fort and he shelled them back
1: right well he he was a captain, so he uh, well different they say different things, but he probably at least gave the order to to return fire and uh, um, some things some reports say that he aimed the gun that fired back after the after the southerners started shelling, uh, But there's a very interesting book he wrote about his time at Fort Moultrie and Fort Sumter. Um, and one interesting thing about it is that he was sending messages, letters in code to his brother, who was passing them on to presidential candidate Abraham Lincoln at the time, mm. while the election was still in the process. And then some of these letters also got to Lincoln uh, after when he became president-elect. Uh, so they were. Doubleday was kind of, uh, I guess, basically leaking information that he figured was going to get to Abraham Lincoln to let him know what the situation was in Charleston as far as secession. session. And uh, Lincoln even went, uh, after Lincoln was elected, he went and found Doubleday's wife, who had been with him in Charleston, but then when they moved to Fort Sumter, she... She moved and was staying in a hotel, apparently in Washington D.C. And one day Abraham Lincoln showed up at her at her door and said, "I wonder if you could talk to me about what your husband has been telling you about about Fort Sumter because I need to know what's going to happen there." So uh, there was kind of this the secret correspondence going on, uh, uh, which I guess uh, potentially could influence the election if it if it mm-hmm. helped Lincoln. Figure out what he might do in case of uh, actual secession. Hmm. So, uh, I guess today, if this happened, there would be all kind of congressional investigations or something about it. But anyway. Uh. All right.
0: Well, David Fisk, I thank you for uh, joining us and take me out to the ball game, as they say. Uh, David Fisk is from Boston Spa, the county seat of Saratoga County. He was lead co author of a book on a free black man in upstate New York who was captured and enslaved in 1841. The book called Solomon Northup, the complete story of the author of 12 Years a Slave. The Northup story became a motion picture. You have been listening to The Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore.